This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast features Kathy Cancer. It was recorded at Devil's Creek Brewery in Collingswood, New Jersey. Please take a moment to subscribe to be notified when the most recent episode has been uploaded. Feel free to reach out to Devil's Creek Brewery and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guest. She's Kathy Ganser. I'm Rich Shane, and this is the Fermented Adventure Podcast. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I know we've been working on trying to put this together a little bit. Um, all things going on with COVID and, and things going on in your life, but we're so happy to, and excited to have you here today. So we're here at Devil's Creek Brewery. How did all this get started? Oh boy. Okay. So we're going to go back to 2015. And I always get this date wrong, but at some point, Governor Christie, and I want to say it was in 2013. Okay. Um, he did something where he relaxed the uh, restrictions on opening a limited license brewery and he lowered the fees to start one. Um, so in 2015, my ex-husband and I actually were, you know, talking about wouldn't it be cool to start a brewery? And once you plant a seed in my head, like I go for it. So unbeknownst to him, I actually started doing, you know, you know, the legwork, looking for a location, doing all that stuff, coming up with a name, designing a logo. Because actually my back my actual background is in graphic design. So before we actually started the brewery, I was actually an art director. So um, well, that gives some indication as to, you know, your logo, yep. the, 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 the bottle work, all the things that you're doing just yeah. to create that brand. I mean, that's all stuff I'm very proud of. And obviously, that was one of the things that was really one of my um, contrib- you know, major contributions all along was everything to do with branding and marketing. You know, I do all this stuff on um, social media. So, and, and, you know, T-shirt design and all that stuff. So. And that's actually one of the first reactions we always get. I mean, the next reaction, of course, is going to be, I love your beer. But the first thing, when they first, <laughs> of course, of course, but when they first step in, the first thing is always, oh, my God, I love your logo. So, and by the way, it is not a dragon. It is the Jersey, my version your, of the Jersey your Devil. Yes, my okay. representation. And I actually did, again, like a lot of legwork on that. I actually went to... Um, I think it was the Camden County Library in Voorhees, and I actually went on, and a lot of people aren't going to know what this word is, but I went on microfiche to go all the way back to the 1800s to find out what they thought the Jersey Devil looked like at the time. You know, I forget now, but it was like, it has feet like a chicken, it has, um, you know, legs like a kangaroo. It was like a really bizarre representation and they had some like really weird drawings of it and um that's i got my you know create my logo my version of it from all those descriptions you know they're actually and one of the reasons why i called it uh devil's creek is because supposedly there was a sighting of the jersey devil here in collingswood along newton creek okay so so you pointed that way so newton creek is, is kind of behind the brewery so you came up with the name devil's creek brewery were you and your ex-husband, were you homebrewers? How did you kind of fall into doing brewing? Uh, so actually, my ex was a homebrewer for a very long time. He started back in college, and he actually won, um, and I apologize to him if I misspeak, but he won an award. I want to say he won a first-place award in a Sam Adams homebrewing contest. Wow, okay. 
So yeah, he had a pretty thorough knowledge. Um, and so what ended up happening was he was teaching me how to homebrew in the kitchen and we were entering local competitions just for fun. So that's, I guess, how that stuck in my head. And you know how when you meet somebody, you always have the talk, you know, probably on one of your first dates, you know, where do you see yourself in so many years? Or what's your big dream if you could do anything you wanted? And it was funny because we both sort of said the same thing. He was like, oh, I wish someday I could, like, open a restaurant bar. And I was like, oh, I always thought it'd be cool to, you know, retire with a bar somewhere on a beach and, you know, be able to, like, sit out on the deck and drink. And, you know, so here I am. Not exactly what I pictured, but... Well, Collingswood... <laughs> okay, so, so, so here are things. Collingswood is, is... All right, so right where we sit, we're about an hour drive, 45-minute drive away from the Jersey Shore. Right. But Collingswood is a dry town. And it's notably... It, it's known as being a dry town. What was the process for you to open up a microbrewery or a small craft brewery in a dry town? Were there some hurdles to get over to do that? You know, it's been a while, so I'll probably not... Uh, remember everything it was a real process um i do know that before we came to collingswood um there were other people that tried unsuccessfully to get a brewery here um including somebody who is a native of the town um but the funnier part was and this is actually sort of in hindsight a good thing i didn't know that when i was doing my research for where we could be I was like, I want to be in a main street town. And I actually was originally looking at Medford because um, just it just has such walkability and there's all the downtown, charming downtown shops and all that stuff. But there was no building there where it was, uh, like, at the time for me, and with the money we had architecturally feasible, because obviously you have to have really high ceilings for the fermenters. I saw, oh, Collingswood. Collingswood looks like... Medford. It's got all the, you know, the shops and the restaurants and all that stuff. And I found this building and this particular spot we're in right now was just a big white box. It hadn't been um, rented. There was no tenant for like... No, at the time, but when you look at this area, this was a, this is a new building. They, they knocked out what was here. And yeah, this was, a new, this was new construction. Longer. Yeah, this was new construction. But they, this building was open for about two years, though, before we found it. And there was no tenant in this spot. So this, the brewery we're sitting in right now was a blank canvas. It was white walls, um, the, the whole entire thing, including the brewery house. And we built this whole thing with the help of a, a, a contractor for some of the work. But a, a lot of the work you're looking at including walls and the cold box and this, the bar. Like, we built all of that. That's got to be a, a strong sense of... I, I get a couple right. things. I right. get a couple things getting to know you, Kathy. Number one, you don't hear no very well. That's you don't, true. <laughs> you don't hear a can't very well. Um, and you're ready to roll up your sleeves and, and, and do the work. Oh, 100%. Right? You want to be You want to be within the process. You want to be, you know, doing everything. Right. Yeah, that's 100% true. But that's what I was going to say. So did I know that Collingswood was a dry town? Nope, I had no idea. So when I decided that I wanted to be here and I saw this building, it just happened. Like, I made it happen. And, of course, my my ex-husband as well, um, he's just, he's a very talented guy. His background is in engineering. um, So that had a lot to do with building the brew house. And actually, the picnic tables we're sitting on right now, he built all of these from scratch. So, um, you know, we're still, you know, he's not really involved anymore, except for, you know, he still helps me with, you know, anything that's financial and legal and all that stuff. Um, But he's he has a a job that just keeps him busy 24-7. But whenever I need help, he pitches in and he like literally built these tables in a weekend. So 15, 15 picnic tables on wheels. So, because <laughs> as you can see, we have to roll them down the street. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. So anyway, back to your original question, um, you know, we ended up having to, you know, we had to go in front of the town, you know, the borough, there was a planning board meeting. We had to get, you know, a lawyer involved um, to structure our proposal. And I can't tell you why. They said yes to us, other than maybe our stick-to-itiveness and our research, but they voted yes. So here we are. Now, I will tell you, 
everybody's always like, what's that about that night park clause? There can never be alcohol in Hollingswood, blah, blah, blah. Well, the go-around is that we are a manufacturer. Okay. Okay. So we manufacture our beer on site. You take a tour, you taste the beer, and then you know, then you're able to sit and enjoy, you know, a pint, a pint or a flight, and take take out beer with you if you like. So, I, you know, and maybe it was just serendipitous. It was just the right time. You know, maybe the board, as you talked about, the planning board, you kind of got them at a moment where this they understood that this was going to really help Collingswood, and and, and you are a phenomenal fixture in, in, in Collingswood being a brewery and being in a dry town. So if somebody wants to come and have a beer and just sit down and enjoy, you're the place to go. You're the, you know, unless you want to travel up to Westmont or, you know, Haddon, you know, Haddon, Haddonfield, you, you've got a good, a good thing going right now. Besides the fact that you brew some fantastic beers. Talk about the home brewing process and, and, and just how that, how you, how you went through that, what you learned, some of the points where you stop and said, do we really want to do this? move forward with a brewery? Uh, but actually, honestly, home brewing does not take a lot of time. And, and you know, the recipes we were working off were all um, Anthony's, my ex's. So, it, honestly, it's so different. You, I, I feel like you really can't compare home brewing to, to brewing at this capacity. I mean, you're, you literally have a pot on the stove with a strainer. The worst thing about home brewing, um, which I absolutely hated, was filling the bottles. The, well, actually, there's two things. The waiting. The waiting. Waiting for yeah. every, the fermentation yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, just sitting and waiting for the bubbling and then for that to stop. And then, like I say, the, 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 the awful, awful mess uh, of filling the bottles. But it's just so, it's just completely different. I, I can't, really can't compare the two things. And, th- and then that's the biggest struggle everybody has, too, when you're going from home brewing to, um, you know, these fermenters. Yeah, these talk tanks. about the transition, because you're dialing in the recipes, you know what you want to do, but then you're going into a larger facility. And, and how was that transition for you? Well, we were lucky because um, there's a good friend of Anthony's, Eric Dickersbach, who actually worked at River Horse in... Um, it's Lambertville. I forget, but anyway, uh, he actually helped us scale our recipes in the beginning because we were just completely overwhelmed. And you'll know with like any new brewery, this happens every single time. I don't care who you are. Any new brewery going from home brewing to this level of production, that's why everybody always says in the beginning, "Well, their beers are just okay," or they just they just. They don't take like they don't have that much, you know, punch. Is because they're still working on getting that rate ratio. So I hate when people discount new breweries. You have to give them, say, three to six months to get where they need. It's to the be. same thing people would do to a new restaurant right. or anything else. If you judge them, and this is your point, right. if you judge them as to when they open, you're not giving them their due. I know everybody gets excited because they see that new facility, that new business coming on, but you have to work out the bugs and the kinks, and that's what you're making the point really about, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's so to go into a new brewery, um, and first of all, if you knew the the people and you were trying their home brewing, and so you're you know on their team 100 percent behind them, they're gonna get there. They're gonna they're gonna get back to what they know how to do. You just have to give them that time to to get perfect the recipes. It's basically all that. So you go there for the grand opening, show your love and support, um, enjoy their beers, and and hey, maybe they hit it out of the park the first time. Who knows? But I'm just saying the majority of them have to just build up speed. Um, And then just, you know, drink local. Go back and give them another chance. There's nothing worse than somebody that goes to a new brewery and then first thing they do as soon as they get home to their laptop is, is, like, type up this awful review. Wait, give them time to, to ramp up. So, and and that's one of the things too. Like I know, also um, this is this is a real thing. A lot of times when people see a woman owned or a partially woman owned brewery, I feel like there's already a stigma attached. Like, what was oh, the stigma? Well, I, what, what do you feel? Well, I'll tell you a thing. I've said this before. <laughs> this is so funny. Beer festivals. Um, 
every time I would go to a beer festival, I'd be, I went to every single one. First of all, I just thought it was so much fun um, being at a beer festival and, and talking to all the people and talking about my place and talking about the beer and all that stuff. But it would never fail. I would always bring a guy with me to help set up the, the you know, and tents, think he's do all the brewer, that stuff. Right? Nobody would ever talk to me first, ever. They might ask me to pour something, but then as soon as they had a question about the beer, they would turn to one of my bartenders and start asking them. It never failed. It was so funny. That, that is fascinating. In May, you'll be open for five years now, right? Yes. <laughs> you just I, had, had, well, I had eye surgery okay. uh, like two weeks ago, and my eyes were just uh, still recovering. But, but five years, and... You know, opening a business and getting things started, you've, you've kind of solidified, you know, yourself here as, as a brewery. People, you, you get your regulars and everything else. Now, what was that aha moment for you when you really knew you had something, you were on to something, that this was going to be, you know, you really felt this was going to be something for you? Wow, that's a question. Uh, well, okay. I mean, for me, my, like, I'm not sure when that was but my most triumphant moment where I knew that I'm just I was like yep I'm gonna keep going and going I'm gonna build this and just get bigger and bigger two times the first time was uh not as climactic as the second time I'll tell you but so the first time was um when I was at the Atlantic City Beer Fest and my caramel apple brown ale won uh, first place in the. Uh, I'm going to turn around and look at my trophy <laughs> over there. So remember exactly what the category was. I believe it's most malt forward. Yeah, malt forward in, in, in the ale category. Yeah, so I, I actually just was over the moon about that. Um, it, was, it was really exciting. Um, and, and people all along, ever since the first time we opened the doors, like I think I came up with that recipe within the first year, and that's always been such a fan favorite i mean people are always you know emailing and and, uh, messaging me wondering if it's on or you know if they don't see it on when's it coming back and all that so um so that was probably the first time i was i was like oh wow we're doing something right but we're still really in the process of growing the business and still getting i didn't know there was a brewery in collingswood um but last year this was my very big moment um the win at the Great American Beer Fest in Colorado. I mean, you, I screamed. <laughs> we, it was our first time out there, and uh, I'm so glad I was I was there to, to receive the award in person. Uh, it was so exciting. And so, which beer was that for? The same one or no? Uh, no, actually, uh, and this is my favorite beer out of all the beers we brew. Uh, it's my recipe. I happen to love um, spicy, spicy food. Go ahead, tell the people because this is one of our favorites too. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah, uh, bring in the heat. Yeah, um, Belgian dark with habanero. Um, it just, is. It is delicious, and I don't see it on the menu today. No, so. it, fine, it kicked. It's, it kicked. Oh. So I'll probably we're gonna wait to brew it um, because. I'm not one of those people that feels like you have to only do dark beers in, you know, winter, but I'm probably going to wait a little bit anyway, though. That's not a heavy dark beer, though. It's got some body to it, but it's not that heavy. You seem to enjoy creating the recipes for the beers. Are are there some things you really enjoy about being an, an owner of a brewery? Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning knowing you're coming to the brewery? Well, I don't get out of bed in the morning for a while because I know I'm running a brewery. Usually I'm on my la- my laptop in bed. But, uh, I mean, because it's funny because, you know, brewery sounds very hands-on. Um, but a lot of this stuff happens, you know, beer creation happens on the laptop. You know, scheduling, marketing, all that stuff happens on the laptop. Um and of course, I owe you know a lot of what's happening here to my brewer Jim, who's just amazing. Um, but so the two things would be definitely um, coming up with fun new beers, a hundred percent. Like that's that's 
coming up with a new beer and you're like, wow, this, you know, people are going to love this. I'm going to love it. Because, of course, one of the things for me is... You want to these... brew what you like to drink, right? Yeah, and that's what we've done since day one. I mean, it, it was what, what I liked and what, and actually my ex liked as well. Um, but he was cool. He sort of let me take that over. He sort of let me just run with my ideas. Um, and I, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to pat myself on the back and say it. I actually have a knack for it. And who knew? Who knew? But I guess it's just being like, you know, I've, I've always been a creative sort. But it's an outlet for your creative side too, Exactly. Right? So um, now, unfortunately, in this day and age with so many breweries popping up, can you come up with something nobody's ever done? I mean, people have done it. I mean, people are doing beer slushies now. That's a thing. The milkshake beers, that's a thing. Um, you know, hopefully I can come up with something nobody's ever done because that's really fun. Well, maybe it's just about coming up with something you've never done and right, making right. it in a style that you would make and really feeling proud of that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's and there's so many beers, like, even on the board right now that I'm proud of. And one of the things we're always proud of here is that we do beers that nobody else typically does. Like, we do the Belgians. A lot of people shy away from Belgians because um, sometimes it's hard to capture the true essence of a Belgian. We almost always have a Belgian on. Um, and just doing... Just the myriad of styles that we have. Like, you'll go into a brewery and they'll just have, you know, a, a million IPAs. Typically, you come in here and there is every style is different. There's a beer for everybody here. Um, no, I mean, we're looking at ales, stouts. You've got brown ales today. Um, you've got some IPAs, a porter. I mean, you're really running the, the gambit of, of a lot of different styles, and you're you're really catering to, you know, a lot of different flavors and tastes for people to come in and enjoy your beer. Yeah, that's why I say, I mean, uh, uh, you could, you know, and, and not to be, you know, this isn't meant to be ageist or anything, but you could have, you know, you know, grandpa or dad who's used to drinking, you know, Bud or Miller or whatever, um, and then all the way down to somebody who maybe is celebrating their 21st birthday, and I'm going to have something for both of those people. So, you know, a whole f- a family can come in and everybody can find something they like on there. So. Talk about the impact of COVID. You were really coming down to, at this point, 10 months of how COVID has impacted your business. Talk about how that's impacted the brewery and, and how you've moved through that. Well, I mean, honestly, right out of the gate, I'll tell you, our sales, uh, I mean, you know, we do the best we can, but our sales have been god-awful. Um, there were so many months, actually, when COVID started, I was the sole person working here from March till the end of June. Like, it was me. And, in fact, even my brewer, um, you know, I had to lay him off, bring him back, lay him off, um, because... First of all, there weren't enough people drinking beer to keep making beer. I couldn't pay him. And I literally was coming in, bartending for takeout. Then I was taking delivery orders, closing up, driving the deliveries around. I I mean, I was doing everything. It was absolutely ridiculous. And frankly, it was lonely. And, uh, you know, so I was so, I was just grateful when, when, you know, the end of June ran, uh, came around and Governor Murphy let us start, you know, serving people again. Um, but yeah, sales have been awful. Uh, you know, of course, morale is, is down, frankly. You know, the bartenders make less money. Um, you know, they're not, they're not, it's not the same fun. I mean, today it's been, today is a good day. Saturdays are good days. Um, you know, it's, people are, and people are getting out again more. So. I mean, today's a mild day, and people were out walking around too. And that, I mean, you've got the indoor seating, but you've got the outdoor seating. And, yeah, and on rainy days or other things where you, like it's a Saturday, you've got limited seating inside. So that must impact your business as oh well. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you. I, I despise now opening up the weather app because I don't want to look ahead to see what, what is my week going to look like. In other words, how bad are sales going to be? Oh my God. The rain, the rain, uh, this past year, um, was, it just, it was raining like every week. There were, there were days where we didn't even bother opening. Um, and now the newest thing for me is 
all the bartenders, every single one of my bartenders is in education, which is great because they make the best bartenders. They're, you know, knowledgeable. They, they're so good with the customers. Uh, they're just amazing. But they're the ones who, who keep getting the contact tracing from the students. One student in all of, you know, fifth grade gets test positive. It could be a false positive for all you know. And the whole school shuts down, and now my bartender is quarantined for two weeks. So, yeah, I've had an awful time with staffing, too. So it's just, it just, it's impacted me negatively in every way you could possibly think of. Is there a so. way that, you know, y- y- for this, because we, we talk to a number of owners and, and people that are doing different things. Is there a way that this has impacted you positively, that you've kind of learned some things about the business and, and has moved you forward? Has anything kind of come out of that? No. Nothing at all? No. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and you're ready for this absolutely to be done. Absolutely nothing. I okay. can't say a single positive thing about it. I can't. I mean, the only thing I will say is thank you to the town of Collingswood for allowing us to have this outside space because it just so happens there are very few breweries like mine where we're on a public street corner with no parking lot and no grounds. So when they said we could go outside, I was like, where? Where am I going to go? I have no outside. And thankfully... Yeah, there's nowhere for you to put up a tent. I have nowhere. You you can't do anything like that. Yep. So my only recourse, you know, I was at the mercy of the town, and I they shocked me when they came to me and said, you can have the sidewalk, and you can go as far down the sidewalk as you want. And so then, yeah, my ex-husband built these built picnic tables, tables <laughs> built picnic tables on wheels because we were like okay great how in god's name is a bartender go they, they'd have to get here five hours early to set 15 picnic tables up down the street like how would you even do that and he's a genius i mean he built these from scratch and put wheels on them so <laughs> i mean who would i just wouldn't even have thought that so Look, I mean, I think that's a real good compliment to you and the business and what you've brought to the community that, you know, the, the Collins was coming to you and saying, how can we help you versus just turning their backs because they know how important you are to the community. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, and that's, you know, over the years, that's always been my um, platform is you guys are a uh small town filled with restaurants um we're an attraction so you know people are searching for us on yelp and google you know show me nearby breweries because maybe they want to do a brewery crawl or whatever it is and then once they get here they're like okay we're drinking we need to eat so we're we're doing a service that, to the yeah, community you've you, you got a lot of other business owners, I think that also, not just restaurants, but also get to benefit from people that are just coming to college. Maybe you've never been here before. Sure, exactly. So they're, you know, they're sitting, you know, maybe at a, at a uh, window seat and, and looking at all this stuff outside going, hey, after we're done here, we should pop over to this little shop over here. Or people are carrying in food or even ordering from their seats. And they're like, oh, that smells good. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a trickle down. It really helps to 100%. bring everything kinds of comes together. All right. You poured us some beer. You brought some samples. We've got a flight in front of us. Where should we start? What Talk about your creations. Where should we start? Uh, well, I mean, most people tell you you should start with whatever the latest one is that probably that doesn't have spice or heat or anything like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to work today. <laughs> like mine all are, are just like so flavorful. It's, it's really hard to, to say like what's going to maybe not affect. I mean, I think we'll save the, the coffee for last only because that, that really packs a punch. I like the way you say coffee. Uh, did I say did I say it funny? I don't even know. No, you just said it the way you say it. That's funny. Um, so maybe start with the dunkle first. Okay. Now talk about the dunkle. So that is just a traditional, uh, it's a German uh, dark lager. Um, it's just delicious. It's just traditional. I, I can't say anything else about it except for it's 100% true to style. Um, what made you pick that as a, as a style of beer you wanted to offer? It's just basically, so that I feel like is the second or third time we've brewed that. Um, and, 
you know, basically it's just, you know, hey, it's, it's you know, fall or whatever. What's, what should we be serving now? I mean, I'm saying to you that we don't, you know, I, I don't say, oh, German or, or dark beers are, you know, strictly for, you know, fall and winter. Um, like, we, like I said, we offer them year-round. But, you know, we do like to give people what they want, you know, what they're looking for. I mean, a lot of times people don't want to drink, a, a, like, a heavy, dark beer in the middle of summer. Although I do. I don't care. I'll take it. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll do it, I don't too. care. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to do something that, you know, sort of felt like Oktoberfest. So, there you are. And so. I think for people, this is a nice experience for something if they've never had this. Oh, 100%. This is this 100%. Is, this, right. That's why... That's why I say, like, when people are struggling, oh, what should we get? Uh, I say, hey, if you get four flights, you can try every single Absolutely. beer. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I'm really enjoying the nose on this. And I get, like, apple skins on the nose. And even in the flavor, I mean, I'm, obviously it's not brewed with apple skins, but that's what I get on the nose a little bit. I get, you know, cocoa in the, in the flavor. And they also get a little bit of, like, maybe baking spice cloves in, in flavor profile as it finished but this is absolutely delicious okay that really surprises me <laughs> See, you, you never know why, why are you surprised what what are you you know what are the characteristics that you I kind mean, of pull out it, of it's just a, it's just a malty beer it's just i mean i don't even i'm not sure where you're getting all that from, from in there, I, had to, I actually had to stare at the flavor paddle yeah, to see if you're right. drinking what, the caramel apple right there. what was i doing <laughs> so which one should we do next uh I would definitely say the Hazo. The Hazo. Okay. So this is an IPA. Yes. Okay. Talk about this a little bit. Uh, that's actually, now I'll tell you that is uh, my brewer Jim's recipe. Um, and the hops that you're using? Oh, boy. Oh, I threw a curveball. Yeah, you I? did. It's not my recipe. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. You have no idea what he threw in there. Wait. Uh, shoot. I'm trying to think. Well, this is a very... I, actually, I did know before, and I totally forgot right this second. Okay. Yeah, I forget. There's but a lot of citrus on the nose, grapefruit on the nose. That's what I get out 100%. of it. A hundred percent. And then, of course, that has a tremendous amount to do with the yeast. Um, boy, oh boy, that's killing me now. Yeah, I don't. If remember. it pops in your head, you'll remember. So talk about, you, you mentioned yeast. How is that? How does that go for you? I mean, is that something that's important to, to you in terms of your flavoring, uh, the selection of yeast? Yeah, I mean, so that is one of the things that, that costs us a pretty penny. In fact, I was actually just talking to um, Vince from Village A about that last night. Um, they use dry yeast, and we're still going the old-fashioned way and using the, the liquid yeast, which costs so, so much money. And as a matter of fact... Now, Vince isn't the village idiot. Village idiot is another Village brewery. idiot brewery, <laughs> yes. Uh, but talk about how yeast is impacting the cost of what you're brewing. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you, and that's, so while you're sitting here looking at this board and saying all these different beers, um, because we do that, I force us to spend more money because if you don't pick the, the right yeast, then your beer is not going to taste like the style that you're trying to brew. And if you have somebody that knows a lot about beer and they come in and drink your beer, they'll know the difference. So, for instance, I'm about to do uh, a beer that was very successful last year. Um, and darn it, if we had entered the Great American Beer Fest last year uh, for 2020, but I didn't want to do it because it was virtual, uh, I know this beer would have won a medal. It's our notorious B.I.G. Red Imperial. Yeah, I've had that. That's, that's oh amazing. Oh, my God. I love that beer. So we're about to brew it again, and now I have to go... Uh, pay almost $300 for our yeast that, that is the Edinburgh it's, it's the Edinburgh yeast for scotch ales and all that so. but you know what to your point you're, you're, you're brewing quality and I think there's you talked about the flavor and you know where you're at right now you know where you want to be as far as the beers that you want to pr produce right you're only going to get there by using the quality the quality ingredients to get there you're not going to cut corners, right? Yeah, and that's one of the things that we don't do. And um, there are breweries out there that use the same yeast over and over again. Like there's there's a yeast that is aptly named 001, and you can use it for a myriad of beers. And it's, it's funny, like you might go in a brewery and you might get a flight paddle, and you might say, wow, 
Uh, it says these beers are all these different styles, but why do they all, they taste, all taste the, the same? same. I, I, that's happening. And I've had that experience, yeah, too. numerous times. I don't feel like you will ever, ever say that here. I don't think one beer to the next tastes even remotely the same. I mean, you can, it's... It's not even just that. Like, we, we would probably have the most colorful flight paddles. Like, if I lay out all 12 beers, like, you're going to know that you're drinking a different beer each time by the color, the taste, the aroma. And it's because we make all those careful choices. So, um, and it's frustrating to me, too, that we do do all of this work and... There are still so many people out there in New Jersey that don't even know we exist. And, you know, I mean, partially my fault because we're not distributing, we're not canning, we're not doing all that stuff. Is that something that's in the process or just not something that you're ready to do or want to do? Oh, no, if you had caught me uh, this time last year, I think I would be sitting here telling you a different story. Um or, or just have a lot more information about that because the plan was to open a second location where there would be enough room for major production, which would be the way we would get to that point. Um, that's not out of the question. I, I'd still like to see that happen. I, I'm not giving up on that dream. Um, basically, this location here would just sort of become like the boutique, you know, because yeah, this we're so limited. Basically. We're so limited in the back. We're, we're, it was so carefully engineered, the brewery house. You could not fit another thing back there the way it is, sits right now. The tanks can't grow. They can't. There's no room. There's no room to go up, out, backwards, sideways, whatever. So we 100% need a space that's like a warehouse space. But uh, just to your point, though, you in New Jersey, you have to, um, to to be a limited license brewery. You have to to make your beer at that location. So this location would retain its current uh, equipment, and we would still brew here and serve beer here. And the new location would make its own unique beers and serve beer there. Not to say that we wouldn't make the same beer in both spots. No, you'd use the same recipe. Right. Do some different things in each individual one. I think that would be exciting because you can say, I can get this one here, but I know I can get this one here. Right, right. And I know, you know, there's there's places... like, I actually think Kate May does this. I haven't been down there in forever, um, at least into the brewery. But I think they what they do is, and I thought this is a neat idea, is that they, in their smaller brewery house, they do, like, their more unique beers, like their funky, fun beers, and then the, their mass production beers that go into, you know, cans and everywhere they do at the, at the bigger facility. So, I mean, that's a thought, too. Right. I mean, just do like, you know, really fun, like this beer. If we ever did, I know, I know my brewer is dead set against something like this. And I probably am too. I, I'm a little bit traditional that I wouldn't actually do a beer slushy, but this is the place where you would do that, you know, as opposed Especially to. Especially in the summer. And sure. you got your doors open and people can sit outside. I mean, that might be more um, apropos, so to speak, to right. do that. Right. You just don't want to go down that, that, that road right now, right? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's just, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to, to pay the bills here. Uh, to open a second location requires so much capital, you know, and I just, right now I'm just struggling to pay rent. So. Okay. Well, talk about which one should we do next? Um, definitely do the caramel. Okay. So the caramel is, talk about this one. Yeah, so the caramel apple, like I said, that's that's award winning. Uh, people order it over and over again. Um, There's definitely a lot of apple on the nose. I mean, you'd almost think you were drinking a cider by the initial apple aroma that you yeah, get on the nose. I would nose agree here. with that. Um, some people find that they can drink plain after plain of that. Other people feel like it's more of a dessert beer. I mean, it just depends what you're accustomed to. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to say about it, except for it's delicious. It is good. No, no. <laughs> it, no, look, it's your favorite child, or one yes, of your favorite yes. children. But as you as you taste this, you get the refreshing Christmas of the apple. Chris, Christmas? Christmas. Of the, Christmas of the apple in, in on, on the palate. But then what comes about is that caramel, that, that, that burnt caramel yes, to it. Yes, yep. Um, a little bit of, like, like a toffee. Almost. Right. But it lingers. That's the night. I, I remember having this before. That's the nice essence. And you're almost treated to just allowing that to just sit on the palate. 
and it's I can see and then you get surprised again by the apple when you take your next step if you're doing and biting a caramel apple that's exactly what you're doing here I'll take a bite I get the apple I get the caramel I get the sweetness I got it dripping down my chin you know Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the things I've always been told by people, that the um, beer description, if you never, if you weren't able to, to step up and sample a beer first before you ordered your pint, you wouldn't sit down surprised when you started drinking, because my descriptions always match the beer. So, you know, you're, you're getting exactly what I'm promising you're getting in well, your glass. What's nice about, and, and all the beers we've tried so far, and, and, and our experience, your beers are easy drinkers. I, and I think that to that point that when you talk about brown, you know, you know stouts or porters and stuff like, I don't even think I've ever felt that they come out heavy, though. you know. I, you know, maybe I can only do like a 10 ounce of this because some stouts, you're going to be full for the rest of the day. But your beers are, are pleasant. They're easy to drink. They've got tons of flavor. And I think that's why you can go back to something like this caramel apple and do one and then another and another. I can see where it's a dessert beer or just an everyday drinker. Yeah, I don't feel like there. I mean, there are certain beers where, sure, maybe, for instance, our you're doing truffle. It, like a, a Russian Imperial Stout or something. Sure. Like and actually, we, we do have one of those. We haven't brewed it in a couple of years, but our. our um, Oh my gosh, what is it called? The Dark Side. That's what it was called. Dark Side Russian Imperial Stout. All right, so you mentioned a stout. So we've got the No Sleep. No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I just want to scream Beastie Boys out of this. How did you come up with the name for this? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's funny. So I always say, uh, I always get my names from the same, like, three categories. Either something that, it's usually some kind of rap music, like H to the Hazo. I mean, that's Jay-Z. So it's either rap music or something to do with some kind of, like, um, mythological beast, and that's a nod towards the Jersey Devil, um, or usually something sexual. Is it? <laughs> Which one? Is it usually? I, wait, I'm, I'm looking, I'm I looking at your board. I, I'm not seeing the sexual beers up there. I usually, but I usually <laughs> do. I usually do. Like, we, there was one not long ago. It was Weekend Quickie. Um, I'm trying to think. Hey, there's, I've named so many beers. Like, how did, like, I never asked this question, but... Like, what's the process when you go through naming a beer? I mean, is it is it come to you right away? No. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. It's so, I wish my brewer was here right now. I make him insane because you come up with a recipe, like, you know, it, it could be three to, who knows, three to six weeks before it's actually brewed and all that stuff. And he gets so mad at me because he's ready to keg the beer. And obviously we have to put a name on it before he throw it in the coal box. And I'll be sitting there the day we're releasing it. And I'm like, gosh, what should I name this? And he's like, come on, you're killing me. He always says, you're killing me, Smalls. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I'll know right away. And then sometimes it'll take me days. And I just feel like the name is so It's important. so important. It's like yeah. when you name your kid, right? You don't want Speaking of which, so okay. this was the funniest time I was trying to name a beer. I like I had done a uh, a Belgian Golden, and I was struggling because what what do you call it, right? I mean, it's there, there's nothing about it that's you know it, it was a real traditional Belgian Golden. Well, my daughter, um, her name is Oriel, which means well, actually her. Her middle name actually means golden, but anyway, so I don't know. Then I just I, I was like scratching my head, walking around, and googling stuff, and then I was like, oh my god, I should call Oriel after my daughter. So anyway, and that's, that's how you. That's, but, but, but that's a creative process to get there. And you're right. I mean, the name is so important because I, I think it creates. It's it's almost like the opening credits to a beer. If I if I see somebody no sleep till Brooklyn, know, right. you know, I mean, I'm already feeling, you get excited about I, I it. I do, I do, and here's what I can tell you. I mean, even the nose, it's like walking into a coffee shop. It's, it's well, talk about yes, talk about getting excited. You're you're gonna get excited because your heart's gonna start racing after you start drinking <laughs> this because it it seriously has so much coffee in it. It really does. 
uh, the very first time we brewed it, and you know, we we took a sip out of the fermenter. I I literally wasn't sure what to do with myself. I was pacing. I was like, oh my god, I have so much energy right now. But then it's the conflict with the alcohol, which is is you know, unfortunately, it's a natural depressant. But uh, but yeah, just like don't drink that right before you go to bed. That's all I can say. Okay, so there's a warning label on you. Yes, and you even have like holy, holy caffeine. <laughs> It is. So, yeah, I hope you have something important to do after this. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be running around the block. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'm so I'm preparing to take my first sip and then run around the block. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, this is just delicious. I mean, thank you. It's got, what, 5,000 pounds of beans in there? 5,000. <laughs> You're funny. It, ha- it does have a lot, though. And actually, uh, we actually got the ground uh, beans from Revolution Coffee right here in Collingswood. And again, you're collaborating with a local um, coffee house, so you're sharing in that and, and being able to, you know, kind of promote yeah, that you're keeping things promote. in the community. Yeah, anytime I can do something like that, I love doing that. It's great. Again, I mean, it's a stout. But it, I, I can really, really enjoy this without feeling like I'm leaving here full. And again, I, I think that's a testimony to your beers being very flavorful um, and, and just being able to enjoy each sip and just being able to enjoy the pours that you're doing. Yeah, we do that purposely so you drink more. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's your business strategy. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, drinkable, flavorful, drink more. Room for more. That's that might right. be that might be your next T-shirt. I don't know. That's funny. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm actually trying to design a new T-shirt now. So I'll have to think about that one. Now I see a couple barrels. So you have a barrel program. You're doing some barrel-aged beers. Well, you're giving me a lot of credit for that. Uh, we we very infrequently do the barrels. Um, we we were doing it once a year. Uh, right before our anniversary, we would. I, I feel like we would. We're putting them in in December, and then they were ready in May. Um, but the bourbon barrels that we had, we used them. We used the heck out of them. I think we used them for three years. They were from um, Buffalo Trace, legit from Kentucky. Were they wet when they arrived? Yeah, a week. Oh, I- you could get. You were pouring bourbon at them. Oh, okay. my God. So good. As a matter of fact, for Christmas, my ex gave me, and it was a complete and utter surprise, he had kept some of the bottles, you know, and he, he wrapped up a bottle of our own beer from probably 2018, and I think it was uh, Bourbon Barrel Age Raisin de Roof. And raisin, I haven't, I, raisin de Roof. Raisin de Roof. Okay. <laughs> See, I told you, right? I, if you go back over the history of our names, you're going to find a lot of goofy shit like that. So. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't opened it yet, but I can't wait to open that. Oh my gosh. Um, so what's, re- I mean, is there something So what I'm going to say now? is, okay, so again, like you said, I'm all about supporting New Jersey. The barrels you see over there, well, one of them is an old bourbon barrel, and that's strictly just for looks. If you legitimately try to put beer in that, the beer would be all over the floor. All right, so it's dried out. It's no yeah, use. It's, they're, yeah, they're no good anymore. They're literally just for decoration. But Cream Ridge Winery sold me two of their Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. And this is what's on the menu today. And they're in New today, Jersey, yeah. Right? So the 1888 Old Ale, which is our flagship beer. We've been brewing that since the day we opened um, as a tribute to Collingswood, since Collingswood was chartered in 1888. Um and we aged the 1888 in the Cabernet barrel. And I'll tell you, we had aged something else in the Cabernet barrel. I, I want to say it was our Nessie. And the Nessie took on characteristics of the, of the Cabernet, and it was delicious. This time, the 1888, it legitimately tastes like you're drinking wine. Uh, it, it had a really odd effect. I feel like it's more like beer-flavored wine than the other way around. But now I can say when somebody comes in and they... What, what's a, there's a there's a beer that's like a wine beer. Vice, what is that? And, and I'm 
catching myself not remembering right now. But there's a there's a, oh uh, there's the wheat wine, a maybe, wheat wine. Maybe beer? that maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm the, not sure if that's what you mean. Vice wine or and, and the people in the pod, listener podcast are going to like kind of chime yeah, in and say, oh hey, yeah, how do you not remember that? Okay, yeah, <laughs> they're all wanting to call in right now. If you could, if you had a call in, for, right. But yeah, so it's funny. It's for some reason it. Uh, what I was going to say is for some reason so if people come in and they say oh my wife doesn't like beer she only drinks wine I'm like well do I have the beer for you <laughs> see that's so, that's the name of it do I have the yeah, beer there for you, you. I don't know why I didn't call see, well, that. Well, I know, well, right? that's, that's on the next one so talk about some of the things that you know the creative juices talk about some of the things that in your head some things that people can expect maybe some new things some things you're working on recipes you got coming out I'm going to bore you right now because... No, not at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I have to be honest with you, this this whole COVID thing, um, I, I, you know, it sort of took the air out of my tires, as they say. Uh, you know, we did just... I just came up with the next line of beers we're going to do, and all, and it is... It's stuff we've done before. Um, I, I guess... I don't know. I mean, catch me in, you know, a couple months when this is, is blowing over, and, you know... I'll, start really thinking out of the box again but you know to be honest i'm just trying to sell beer like i said and pay the bills so well i mean when when all this is over what can people you know when people come to collingsville i mean this is a great spot and if you if you are within you know pennsylvania delaware new jersey this is definitely something if you if you haven't been here yet this is definitely a place you definitely should check out um but you know what can people expect here once that that all the COVID restrictions are released? What what can people expect when they come to your brewery? I just think you're gonna expect to have a really good time. I mean, it, it's it's just such a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. We have amazing customers. Um, you know, there there are restrictions on always and you know normal times per se, that, you know, the amount of events we can do and stuff like that. But, you know, we have, like, a blast when we do trivia nights. People that uh, host private events here always come away with such great memories. It's just so much fun. And to say towards that, and when we do do private events, you get the whole brewery. We close it to the public, and and you get the whole brewery. Partially because we have no extra space. (laughs) There's nowhere to go. There's no door to close. But um, you get the run of the whole brewery, which is always a lot of fun. And just we just get such a great crowd. And like I said about our bartenders, they're they're amazing. You know, just with the education background, they just make the whole thing just feel like so much fun. And that's what beer is supposed to be. That's the whole point of beer. So is it the fact that fun? Teachers make good, you know, teachers. Or the other way around, or bartenders make good teachers. I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it the drinking aspect? Hey, I'm a bartender. I should be drinking or not? I don't know. I don't know. That's funny. I'm a teacher. Or maybe I should be. Drinking. Or it just makes teaching bearable. I don't really know. Maybe. Real fast, you know, you've been really gracious with your time. Um, how do people find you? You're in Collingswood. What's the address? Uh, so we are at One Pal Lane. At the corner of Haddon Avenue in Collingswood. And if anybody knows where the Lumberyard condos are, we're right under the marquee that says Lumberyard. And we're probably blocks from or across the street from your favorite Collingswood Italian restaurant. Yeah, there are several. Which there are many. There are several. And how do people find you on the socials? So we are on Facebook, Devil's Creek Brewery. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Just search Devil's Creek Brewery. Kathy, I want to thank you so much for your time. This has been a treat. I've been looking forward to this. You're just just so much fun to sit down and talk to, and we look forward to all the great things that are coming out of Devil's Creek Brewery. So thank you so much for your time today. I know. Thanks for coming. I had a great time, too. So <laughs> even though, even though I, know, I know you're going to edit this out, but thank you for sitting there while I jumped up and down a million times to help you. You know, we've only so. been here for four hours. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. exactly. That's what I say. It's the longest podcast you've ever right. done. Go take care of another customer. No, this right. has been nice. This has been a lot of fun. Thank All you. Right. Thank you.